Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Grayson is clear, he's got Paris with him, and it's hooked away by Edwards. Dean Peer is on for Northampton Town as a replacement for David Rennie. Hunter poised to take yet another long throw. Samson Corbett, Warburton's in there. Lee, who's won a free kick right on the edge of the penalty area. Frayne, charged down by Coates. Frayne again, and he's got it! What a marvellous goal from John Frame. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the FSA award-winning It's All Cobblers to Me. On the 24th of May, 1997, the Cobblers' history changed forever. With victory over Swansea City at Wembley in our centenary year, Ian Atkins' men had written themselves into Northampton town folklore. As the 25th anniversary of Wembley 97 approaches, we'll be talking to some of the key people involved over the next few weeks. To help me do that today, Neil Edgerton-Scott is here. How are you doing, Neil? Doing well, but let's be honest, it's not about me today, is it, Danny? It's not. Were you, were you not one of the key people involved at that time? <laughs> I mean, I was there. I had face paint on. <laughs> you did your bit. Yeah, I was there. I sang along. Good stuff. Um, we're going to be kicking things off with the one and only Mr. Ian Clarkson, who's with us today. How are you doing, Ian? 
Uh, very good, thank you. I was going to call you Charles then, Danny, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. He'll answer to anything, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I really will. We just talked a little bit about what, what you're up to now. You're teaching at the moment. That's right, That's right yeah. I, I teach at a school up in Derbyshire, Repton. I teach at their prep school, so PE teacher from the ages of three to 13. Good stuff. And your sons are there as well, you said. Your kids, both your kids are there. Yeah, well, I've got, I've got, I've got three kids. Two, two of them are there, yes. Yeah. Good stuff. To go back to a little bit before Wembley to start off with, summer of 96, just before you joined us, you played pretty much the entire season for Stoke in what's now the Championship. That's right. Uh, narrowly missed out on the playoff final, losing 1 0 to Leicester over two legs. How big a disappointment was that to miss out on what, on the Premier League, so within such margins? Oh, yeah, obviously it was a, a huge disappointment. That, that, that's the closest I got, really, to, to uh, playing in the Premier League. I think I played 50, 52 games that season with Stoke. Um, we, we we should have beaten Leicester away, but to be fair to them, they uh, deserved to beat us at Stoke. And there was me thinking mistakenly I was going to kick on again next season. But um, you never quite know in football, do you? So, uh, so yes, it, it was a, a, a terrific season for me, that one. It ended a bit, in a bit of disappointment, but um, onwards and upwards, as they say. So, so what happened at the end of, was it just out of contract, were you? Uh, yeah, I had a contract, that contract, that made me an offer, I didn't think it was very good, so I sort of dug my heels and they said, well, you, you can go if you want, so I did, <laughs> that was the long and short of it, in, in, in an era of pre-agents and chief executives, etc, etc, that was how it worked, so I thought, you know what, I will, I actually got paid more at Northampton than I did at Stoke. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, so- Dropping down two divisions after missing out uh, on the top flight, you, you must have had some offers from higher divisions, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, I had offers from. from other, I mean, to be honest, I didn't have any intention of signing for Northampton. Really, I knew Ackers from my time at Birmingham with him. He rang me up and said, "You know, come down and have a look." And I thought, well, you know, I've not been to six schools before, and I was impressed. And Ackers is probably the most persuasive man in, in Europe. Um, <laughs> after, after a sort of a, an hour-long conversation, he convinced me that this, this, and this was going to happen. And I thought, do you know what? You know, I was—I think I was twenty-five or twenty-six at the time—and I thought, uh, this, this is—you know—me me sort of prime time. I could come to Northampton and just fudge it for a couple of years, take it easy. I could come and have a, a right good go at a level. I thought I could play well at really, and I chose the latter, and, and uh, that was that really. Yes, I, I, I did have other offers, but it just—it just seemed that the right move, and hindsight proved that to be the case. So when you joined Cobblers. Obviously, lots of characters around and stuff. What players did you bond with first? So, I have to say, it was a pretty good dressing room, really. Tomo was obviously, I, I used to drive in every day with uh, Gary Thompson. Um, I, know, I know he was more of a coach, but he's a, a highly amusing individual. Um, Tomo's always good value. Then there was obviously, I think, you know, I knew Dean Peer from a time at Birmingham. You can't fail to be sucked in with a Woodman and his humour. But yeah, there was just good, solid, solid, what you'd call solid citizens like, you know, Warburton, Sampson. Lee Madison, Danny O'Shea, I could just read them all off. Roy Hunter, Mark Cooper, the striker, was was, was a, a top lad as well. Jason White was, was 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 there as well. So there was lots of people I kind of knew or knew on the scene, as they'd say. And um, it's all it's, it's a bit like starting a new school when you start your new club. But you know, I, I was confident really I, I could come and do well, well. Did you have any sense? So when you joined, pretty much immediately that this was a team and a and a club that could win promotion. Do you know what? Probably not, because I, I think we lost most of our pre-season games. <laughs> year. I remember. So um, I got there. And I, think, I think we lost against Rawns, Telford, all these kinds of things. It, it kind of, I, I think the only one we won was against Arsenal just prior to the start of the season. We were beaten 3-1. And it was a reasonably strong Arsenal team. So you can never tell. I mean, there was clearly something there. You know, we, we, we could obviously score. 
So if you can score and keep it tight, then you've always got half a chance, really. What went on at that opening day? I remember that was the season where we went to Wigan on the oh, day. Yeah. Do you think the, car, the coach broke down or something? We had two players going off. It was strange. I think we got there, the coach broke down, I got a phone call. I was in the car with, I think there was Ian Atkins drove down, Bob Gorrell, who was the commercial manager at the time, and I think one of the Barrys, either Stonehill or Hancock or somebody like that. There were about three or four cars went down with three or four players in each car, and I think we got there at what, about 20 past three on the M6 because it was, it was chocker. Started, scored, played quite well, had two players sent off. I think they had one player sent off. Um, ended up losing 2-1 in, in a game we probably should have got something out of. So how did you get home? Did you all go in the same cars again? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. Acker's driving was terrible, so I, I probably tried to switch guard if possible. <laughs> I don't know why that doesn't surprise me too much. Talk about away games. Did you have somebody who usually were, was it in the room with it, away games? Did it mix up a little bit? Do you know what? I really can't quite remember that. I mean, I, I know we, we, we used to play cards, like we used to play hearts. You know, thirteen cards each, four of you playing. So that you know that that, that was a game that we played a lot. You know, I, I tried to think who else was in there, sort of Sean Parrish, Mickey Warner. I'm not quite sure who, who our roommates were. So I don't think I necessarily had a uh, set partner. I'm not, I'm not sure we had that many uh, overnight stops. If I'm honest, that season we would more often than not. I think Akers asked us on a few occasions, and we said we'd, we'd rather travel down in the morning. Different times, isn't it? Is I guess. Do you, do you look at football now, like without trying to sound like? an old, old man in the corner. Do you look at them, players now, and think the reason that you bonded, the reason that you had that togetherness that was so clear during that season was because of those away trips where there wasn't phones, there wasn't everyone? Yeah, I mean, look at I mean, it, it. It is so different. My, my nephew plays for a Coventry now, Callum O'Hare. So I sort of I speak to Callum a fair bit. And, you know, and he says the change rooms are definitely different now because everyone goes in, gets the phones out, and he's you know scro- scrolling through the phones, whereas you know, back in the sort of... Late eighties, early nineties. You got in the dressing room for half an hour, and it was you got to be on your toes. It was brutal. So I mean, you know, maybe society is a a nicer place now, but it it, it certainly sharpened you up a bit. Let's say we started training at I don't know quarter to ten, and you got the training room at nine o'clock. You could go and see for forty five minutes. It would just be Mickey Taker of the highest order, no holds barred about any any subject you could imagine. So it was of its time, wasn't it? It it, it was great fun, and I, I I wouldn't swap it. But I suppose yeah, it was of its time. Who was the main wind-up merchant? God, there was loads. There was absolutely loads. There was no, nobody was safe. I, I can't, honestly, I, I could, there was everybody was, was was at it all the time. Yeah, I mean, Woody was probably the loudest, but that didn't necessarily mean you know. But he also got got his uh, fair, fair share as well. I can't think of anybody who didn't get involved really. Possibly some mornings if uh, John Gale was in, you'd uh, leave Gale alone because he's probably the uh, hardest, <laughs> hardest man I know. <laughs> but uh, aside from probably uh, Gale, everybody else was a fair game, I think. So moving on to the playoffs. First leg away at Cardiff, Ninian Park, a bit of a cauldron. What was the atmosphere like playing in that game? Uh, yeah, it, it was a, a, a crack atmosphere. I, mean, I fancied us because obviously we'd, we'd uh, beat them in the uh, League Cup. We'd uh, beaten and drawn with them in, in the league. So I, th- and I, I thought we, we, we were favourites. I, th- I thought we were, we were better than them. I mean, as the sort of game panned out, I think they, they, they were probably on top in the first half. It was nil-nil. It was nip and certain. Obviously, Coop's got sent off. I think he, he elbowed somebody. Mark Cooper got sent off, which made it difficult. And then you, you, you could sense the atmosphere was, uh, was, was rising. And then obviously, I'm sure I'm sure he's told you many, many times before that Parry scored like a, 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 I, I saw this goal actually probably about two or three months ago for the first time for years and forgotten quite how good it was. It was an unbelievable goal. You know, he started in his own half, 
showed some pace I didn't know he possessed, ran past about three or four people and, and then the finish was unbelievable, wasn't it? It was the sort of goal that if, if you saw now on the telly, they'd be replaying it time and time and time again. You're his best mate now, Sean Parrish, isn't it? I feel <laughs> <laughs> but you look at it now and you think, Ninian Park, it's over 11,000 people there. How intimidating that was to then have a place and after go down to 10 men, you think you're going to just shut up shop. So to then pick out a winner and go and win there. Well, you know, I, I, I think, you know, when, when Ian Atkins signed players like myself and, and John Frayne and, and other people, you know, we, we had experience of things like that. You know, we, we sort of played in these kind of games and, you know, obviously the this, this season before I was playing against Leicester. So you know, you'd played in these intimidating atmospheres before where it was, you're up against it under the caution. And, and as, as a footballer, if you're a defender, you know, I, I used to like defending. I think we were a team that in, in enjoyed defending. And actually, if you're, if you're under the caution for half an hour, it's a quite, quite, quite good fun, really. And I think I think that, that, that was our approach. We, we were confident. We thought we could beat anybody in the division. And, and so it proved, really. So second leg at home, what's the mentality going into that one and a goal up? Classic uh, Ian Atkins kidology in mind games. So I think there was a, something called club call back in the day. We used, used to ring up and get club information. And Acker's got pulled, pulled me and John Frayne in the office, I think, on Tuesday and said, Oh, Kenny, it's been slagging you two off all over club call. We were like, What? <laughs> He said, yeah, so he says, you finished, you passed it. I was like, hang on. And obviously, I took him at face value. Um, clearly, Kenny, he hadn't said a word. So anyway, so that, that sort of got, got me. And then I think we, we scored quite early on. And I went over and got, I got booked in the end because I was <laughs> celebrating, gesticulating for Kenny Hibbert, who, who came out and took a swing at me, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, I mean, that game aside. And actually, they, they, they got it back to 1-1. Uh, so it, it was 2 on an aggregate. And, and for about 10, 15 minutes, it was quite tight. I think I think their lad was it Eckhart got sent off, and then once we'd scored the second one, that was it. We sort of you know we were ho- home and dry. So yeah, I, I always fancied that we'd uh, beat Cardiff. You know, irrespective of the, you know, the size of the clubs or the playing squads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just thought we had the uh, s- sign on on that year. How did that feel once the whistle went in that second leg, especially considering what had happened the year before to you in the semi-finals? Yeah, I think it was just a, an overwhelming sense of relief. To be honest, you know, you were. I remember feeling tired and uh, just, you know, obviously excited that, that we got to the final, but just a, a sense of relief, really, I think. What was the dressing room like when you got back? Uh, I, I, I would imagine if it was like any other time, it was it, it was lively. Um, <laughs> and I suspect it was probably supplemented with, with an evening out in Chicago Rock Cafe afterwards. <laughs> Neil, you were there, weren't you? I'm always, I was always there, yeah. <laughs> Still wish it was there now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the build-up to the final? Um, obviously, we remember it as fans, but as players, that must have been... Yeah, there, there, there was obviously the uh, record. Sixfields boys, was it, I think? Yeah. You weren't yeah. name-dropped in it, though. Was that not? No. Scandalous what? The supporters' player of the year wasn't name-dropped in the song. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's been an ongoing scandal. Even David yeah. Rennie was name-dropped, wasn't he? Yeah, well, David Rennie got in there, yeah. David has got ahead of me. Can't yeah. That's it, that's it. <laughs> the podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, he was a good lad, Renz. Um So, yes, um, I'm obviously, it, it was quite relaxed, I think. I mean, it was the first time the club got to Wembley. Is, is, is that right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so the first time the club got to Wembley, so obviously there was a lots of interest. I think we ended up taking, was it 30-odd thousand or more, maybe even more, I don't know. Um, and it, it, it just seemed great. I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd played there before. With, with with Birmingham, so I, I kind of knew what to expect. Um, but you know, the, the build up was good. It just, it just felt really fresh, exciting, and there was like a, a, a momentum building, and it, it it just felt like it was going to be our year, really. 
Mm. I, I know you said you didn't splash out on away hotels and stuff. Did did the club get your hotel that day, or did, was it all on the day? Uh, they must have done. There, there was a post match do at the Wembley Hilton. You know, obviously beforehand we got some great, you know, churchy shoes. It was terrific. We we we, we sort of got the old Wembley suits as well. And you know, it was it was a, a fantastic day. We, we definitely had a, a function afterwards. And actually, yeah, and as, as part of, of the uh, re- reward for getting to the playoff final, we, we got a, a four day break in Magaluf, believe it or not. <laughs> That's just for getting there, was it? I mean, Woody was our chief negotiator on, on a, that one. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was because obviously the club were going to make a, a, a fair bit of cash, I think, for, for getting to the final. I think that, that Magaluf thing was, was booked in whether win or lose. Because that said, the whole squad went went over the day. I think so. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think yeah. There was about yeah twenty odd of them went to Magaluf. Anything you can share from that trip? That's not really no. <laughs> <laughs> As I said before, it was of its time. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that then. Yeah, we can uh, make. We'll, we'll see if anyone else is willing to. Yeah, now, okay. now we've got that knowledge. We can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> budge everyone for it. In terms of on the day when you got there. Are you, as a group or individuals, nervous or are you just feeling fairly strong that you're going to win it? Everyone's different, aren't they? So, you know, it's, it's, some people are loud before games, some people are quiet, some people like to read, some people like to bounce around, some people like to have music on. So there's all kinds of different things going on. Me personally, I think I was I was always quite li- li- lively before a game and I think that was my sort of coping mechanism. You know, I must have been nervous, but hopefully you can channel that into positive energy, really. Who was the, uh, who was the dressing room DJ? Maybe Jason White like to put a few tunes on. If it had been Hunter, it would have been some some sort of soft rock from some soft Middlesbrough rock from the eighties. So I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. We had loads of loads of tunes banging out all the time. To be honest, as I said, there was plenty of bands of flying about. Really, it, it 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 didn't need it. Did you you went for a little walk around the pitch and stuff before, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it it was fantastic. And there was you get to see sort of friends, family. There's there's lots of people there, and you, you can just sense this sort of build up. And then there was obviously the infamous tunnel rook between Gailey and Heggs when Heggsy was at Swansea as well. Yeah. Yeah. So with Swansea's assistant, was it B- Billy Eyre, I think? I don't know. It was an absolute unity. sort of came in and split it up. But that, that sort of set the tone nicely, really. Yeah. yeah. Just to sort of, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be that kind of game. Yeah. Was that as you were lining up, was it? Though? Yeah, yeah. That's just as we, as we were in. No, we were actually, you know, in, in the tunnel waiting to go and it just yeah. started kicking off there. Yeah persuaded him to sign for us the next year absolutely yeah. <laughs> so when you're walking out what's that feel like when you've got i think it was thirty-two thousand more a little bit more maybe gobblers fans right behind you did you expect that bigger turnout from us Akers was saying there's going to be loads there there's going to be loads there you know it's it's, it's massive for the town and, and, and clearly you know was it, it was just a great occasion the game itself was was a, a tight game we'd have lost against them twice in the league that year swansea so we were probably more cautious than we would have been wasn't much in the game. They had a one decent shot from Higgsy. We, we, we had a couple of chances. I think Grace and Parrish went through. But it looked like it was going to be nil-nil, didn't it? All day long until Franny stepped up. What are you doing at that point? When that ball hits the net, do you remember what you did at that point? I think, I mean, I, I used to very often, more often than not, I'd just sort of turn around, get myself focused and get on with it. But I, I do vividly remember going and celebrating when we scored that one. Everyone was just a bit of a pile on Franny, really. Yeah. Um, and, then I, and then I think, did he not blow the whistle straight away when was there even time to kick off? I can't remember. I think they might have kicked off. Yeah, and then he blew the whistle, so that was it. So yeah, I mean, it was a it was a fantastic finish, wasn't it? It was just the the ultimate buzz. It just went on and on and on. You know, we we we'd won it with a Wembley Hilton, a fantastic sort of weekend. There was a, there was an open top bus tour around the town. Yeah, it was great, really. So you said you go to, you went to the Hilton after the games. It was a Wembley Hilton. Did you all go? 
um, as a, was there any fans there around or was it was it just you? I see what I have got a recollection of Alan Brazil being there bizarrely. Obviously, Akers knew Alan Brazil from Ipswich. Right. Pretty sure that Alan Brazil came, had a, had a few, then got up and, thought, and, and was like, oh, God, I need to be somewhere the next morning. <laughs> which is which is pure uh, Alan Brazil, really. But, uh, yeah, Alan Brazil was definitely there. Uh, one of them, <laughs> he just he's up. not a man to avoid a drink, is he, Alan? No, no, no. He was, he, he was keen to get stuck in, I believe, the phrase yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. He was keen to celebrate with us, but he was a, a, a really nice fella. And when you t- when you get to the open top bus, I think it was on a bank holiday Monday, if I remember right. The open Boiling top as bus, well, wasn't it? Absolutely baking, yeah. What's what's that like on the buses? Because it <laughs> it seemed like by the time you got to the town centre, everyone had had a bit of a good time already. But it looks- right. No, just you know, as I said, it's it, it, it. You sort of. I mean, I played football for sixteen years as a professional, really, and I, I, I you know, I had some good times. And you you need to make sure that when it when it's it's going well, you uh, enjoy it. And, you know, it, it was just great. So many happy people were there. And, and clearly it, it, it meant a, a lot to the town. It was relatively restrained, I think, by comparison. So it was just a, a good day. And I think people wanted to soak. I mean, me personally, I wanted to sort of soak up the atmosphere because, as I said, it doesn't happen that often. So when you're moving on to, to next season, does it almost just take you through that? But the amazing second season as well, almost going up again. Isn't that the highest the club's finished for a, a, a long time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely in our lifetime, I think. Since, well the time we've been supporting anyway. Does that kind of carry through to the next season? I guess so. I mean, I just think we had, a, you know, some good players as well, <laughs> even honest. I mean, obviously, the, there was lots of stuff spoken on, you know, hard to beat, didn't it? but actually, we were we, we were well organised, but we actually had some good players. We had, we had people who could play, we had people who could mix it, we had people who could do different styles. You know, that season, we played back five, back four. Um, you know, we had, we, had, we had different formations in front of us. We had, you know, we, we were always well prepared for the opposition. But, you know, we, in, in all honesty, we had some Good players um, who, who played at higher levels and, and weren't at the end of their career, and, and then we we also had people who could who, who could score goals. But yes, talking of scoring goals, <laughs> uh, a year on from the playoffs, three one down to Bristol Rovers in the white leg. Firstly, did you hear the tunnel announcement of Bristol Rovers? No, I hadn't. No, I hadn't heard that. I mean, yeah, Akers was telling us about it, but I thought, did you think it was just one of his wind ups? So? Yeah, it's one of his wind ups again. So I didn't. Uh, but no, I mean, it's obviously got, got, gone down in folklore, hasn't it? That they're, they're, he was saying, you know, was he not chanting Wembley or Wembley or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, that I mean, obviously, you're, you're motivated, motivated enough already. But 1-0 up, so 3 to an aggregate. You pop up with a rare goal from what I reckon we call. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> how did that feel? But more importantly, we asked Samo this when we talk about his goal at Peterborough. But what were you doing up there? I, th- I think, obviously, I think I'd scored about three or four weeks before we played Chesterfield in the league game and had scored. So clearly, I, I had the bug for scoring goals. We'd got to three-two on, on aggregate, and there was probably about what twenty-five minutes to go. I can't remember, and, and so I was just gambling more, more, more than I probably would normally because twenty-five minutes to go, last game of the season potentially, we were needed to score goals, and uh, it's just one of those moments. It just I, I can't actually, I can't remember much. I can whoever was marking, but I think I'd sort of pulled off him, and then I darted across him, and just as it, as I was darting across him, Hengsy crossed it, and uh, and it, it just fell in the, in the right, I was in the right place at the right time, which. I'd not said very often in about 400 games, but I was um, in front of the goal, and uh, I didn't have time to think about it, and uh, and, and slotted it home. Um, so yeah, obviously the the uh, adrenaline was uh, pumping by then. I mean, I, I think that game. I mean, I had a chat with uh, John Fray, and I saw him saw him about two or three months ago, and you know, we, between us, we probably played about 900 to a thousand games, and we think that's probably the most complete team performance that we've uh, ever been part of. At, at, at any level, I mean, you know, Franny's played in the top flight a bit as well. We played in all the divisions, 
But I, I think I think that we think that's probably the you know to to come back from the way we did, and and the performance levels that night, we were we were almost unplayable. I think it's a special night. For sure, I don't think it's ever been matched at Sixfield since. We talk about it all the time when we talk about it. we have anything close to it. It is always the reference point to to say was this better than Bristol Rovers? Straight away, we don't know. No, it's no chance. <laughs> I have to say, you know, I mean, full credit to Ian Holloway because I, mean, I remember him after the game being really magnanimous. He came in the changing rooms, was like, "Look, boys, you know, you deserved it, well done." And I thought that showed a, a, a touch of class from him, really. That's interesting because he's he's always said that he doesn't like our fans, doesn't he? Has <laughs> he? Yeah, I don't know if it's the pantomime villain type thing, but he's always come out. He's been managing QPR, I think he's, he's had a Sometimes called us animals and all sorts, but <laughs> it's probably a bit of hangover from that. Wembley the second time, obviously disappointment. Yeah. Was there a sense that you could go again after that? Because no, it, it fell off a bit the following season. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think for me, the, the sort of Grimsby game was similar to the Swans one. It was very tight. There wasn't much in it. You know, the, the, the year before things f- fell our way. And, and, and that year, it sort of fell Grimsby's way, really. So, you know, I, th- I think they, they they deserve to win. You know, they, they were the better team. But it, it, at, at 1-0, you're always in it. It was difficult. I mean, obviously, the, the, the following season, I sort of I broke my leg fourth game in, didn't I? So I, I didn't really feel it, any sort of part of it. I mean, it, not not through anyone's fault, but you don't you know. You tend to be training on your own. You're coming in on Sundays. You're doing different times, everybody else. You know, and I, 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 didn't, I don't think I played again for the rest of the season. I mean, Akers made quite a lot of changes in, in, in that summer. He brought in lots of new players. And then sometimes, you know, for that, that it works or either doesn't for you. And, and on this occasion, either didn't, did it? We, we probably had a, a bigger wage, but a bigger squad and, and ended up get, getting relegated, I think, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it happens a fair bit, doesn't it, in terms of playoff defeats? It's it just it's one of those things. Um, obviously, you've had that terrible injury that ended your league career as such against Lincoln, but then bounced back. And I think you played, still played over 100 games for Kidderminster after that. Is that right? I did, yeah. I mean, obviously, I went there and I was struggling to try. I mean, it, it was the training more than anything. I, I could play, play games here and there. It was just that sort of couple of days afterwards and I was in a lot of painkillers. I almost went to Kiddy. They, they were in the conference. They paid the insurance money back. And I, I had an agreement with Jan that I wouldn't train that often when, when I was at Kiddy. So we sort of played and I, I didn't train that often, really. Was that Jan Agafield? Yeah, yeah, Jan Mulby, sorry. Jan Mulby, sorry. Ah, so, right, so that's full circle then. Yes, man, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's, So he's obviously spotted something in you in, at Wembley. Yeah, I'd, I'd have thought so, yeah. That was, that was often a, a, a good starting point for, for a conversation. So, uh, yeah, and then, yes, he, he, he did. And then I went to Kitty and we uh, won the conference. But uh, again, he, he, he was good at managing my sort of knee at the time, my sort of my, my, my ankle and my leg, which uh, weren't in great nick. Going back to 97 Wembley that we could talk about, I think you are coming down for the forum, aren't you? In That's the- right, yeah. Do you take anything from that squad in terms of the togetherness and what was built there into, into did you take it into your future clubs? Do you take it into work now, that kind of mentality um, when you're teaching kids football stuff? It taught me a lot. It, you know, it, I, I just think if you've got a belief and an ability, I think it's it's good to be organised. It certainly taught me that, you know, and it... It, it's good to have an awareness of what your opposition are going to do. You don't necessarily have to be w- worried by them, but certainly uh, have, have an awareness. And fair to Akers, he was ahead of his time. We we, we had um, psychology coaches and all sorts, you know, diet, dietitians, which in 1996, 97 for, you know, Division 4 club was, was fairly uh, ahead of its time. I mean, I'm not saying it was always well-received. Um, I'm not saying it, it, people were always on board with it, but it, it was there for you if you wanted it. I mean, those two seasons at Northampton, I think we, you know, we won a, a lot of games. It, it was a great time to be part of the club because, you know, the, the atmosphere was good. It always felt like it was progressive. We were moving forward. 
and it was just good fun. I mean, I was, I was in a car school with sort of four people from Birmingham, so that was it was just it was just constant, really. You know, sort of wake up in the morning. It, it's like go, going to school with a group of mates and uh, having a laugh every day, and it just so happens that you were pl- play football as well. Mm. And when when that's happening off the pitch, you just it translates, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. There were some good characters there, and there were some good people who, you know, there were also lads who weren't necessarily playing every single week who were good characters to have around, would come in and, come in and do a job, but were funny, got, got the sort of spirit of the club, joined in well, really. So, you know, and particularly with, with the strikers, Akers liked to ro- ro- rotate his strikers a lot. I mean, even things like the, the next year, like, you know, Jason Dezel, what a great lad he was. Terrific signing. Obviously, he played at Tottenham, you know, Ipswich. He was an England youth international, and he was just a... For those two seasons, Ian seems to have the knack of signing players just when we needed them, just the right time. They were just the right sort of characters, really. Did it frustrate people? So I think one of the things that comes up a lot when discussing that era, certainly in fan forums and message boards and all that sort of thing, like the nostalgia element of it, one of the things you see bandied about a lot of the time is that that squad and that team wasn't particularly that talented, but they got by on kind of camaraderie, team spirit and that sort of thing. Is that frustrating? People say what they want, but, you know, the, the, the proof of the pudding is we, we must have had some good players. It wasn't just hard work and camaraderie. I think we, we were hard working, but so were Manchester City hard working. You know, I'm, I'm not going to suggest one minute where we were anything like them. But, you know, I just think in terms of, you know, we had players with good quality on the ball. We had players who could defend properly. We had midfielders who could control it, receive it and pass it. We had all these things. So it, it, it's difficult. I'm not, you know... We, we we didn't necessarily always, you know, Woody didn't always roll it out from the back. I, I certainly couldn't concede that point of view. But in 96, 97, not that many teams were. So, look, you know, I mean, what I would say is we, we were certainly competitive. We had an edge and we were hard to beat, which is, I, th- I think that's a great sign. But, you know, you're not telling me people like Matthew Rush wasn't a good player. Sean Parrish didn't have good quality. As defenders, I'd suggest that me and Franey had reasonable quality on the ball because we played at a, a decent level. You know, you had centre-halves who were proper centre-halves, strikers who made good runs and held it up. So there was lots of people in there who had good quality, but also an overwhelming desire to win, which sometimes trumps quality. I look back and I've seen numerous different squads, teams playing for Northampton, some that I don't wish to remember. But I look back at the squad in that era and my, my overarching memory was, you were men. That sounds silly, but... It was a team of men, and you look at the characters and the people in there. There, there was some strong, as I said, you know, as a as a changer, there was just strong characters. So you know, yeah. if if you couldn't handle yourself, I don't mean you go and have a fight if it. I mean if you just if you just couldn't handle the sort of conversations or the banter or people telling you that you, you weren't putting your weight, then I'm afraid you'd just buckle and go under, and you probably wouldn't be there. And that's just and that's just life in a football dressing room. That is the brutal reality of it. Um, and and I think, as I said, you know, we, we had people in there who were. I would say in in between I don't know twenty two and twenty nine something like that we had quite a quite a strong crew of players at that age who were who were experienced some of the clubs as well and and, and were certainly yeah as you'd say good strong strong characters men yeah pe- people who would go and go toe to toe with somebody who wanted to have a fight and then if you wanted to have, have a game of football we'd have a game of football with you as well I, I'm trying to think of some some games that stood out for that year Fulham away stood out for me when we won one nil I think Fulham were had, had got promoted on the Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. And then, you know, Ian Atkins mind games, get out there early, give them a guard by honour, then run to the end. They always warm up at, which is, which is what we did. And then we, we, we were what won the look within 25 minutes and he brought Terry Angus and somebody else off after half an hour, Nicky Adams. So we were, 
and just things like that. But, you know, you don't go there and win 1-0. And, and, and we did play some good stuff, I have to say. Yeah, just good times, really, and, and just good characters, as you said. But characters who, who could play. I think sometimes there's, there's deserved miss, aren't there, over time? And people say, yeah, but they, they weren't particularly good footballing. So, well, I'm not sure, you know. De- define me what a good footballing team is. Yeah, exactly. That Fulham game in particular, to go there with three games left afterwards, for us to be in the position, it was tight. And you, you, you've gone and beat the champions of the league who are running out leaders. You've gone and beat them on their own patch. You've been brave and you've been bold and that, that took you through the last little bit of the season of the playoffs, sort of thought as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, th- I think, you know, the, the, the following season again, I think we had Fulham at home, didn't we, in the penultimate game. And remember Peter Beersley playing, Pesh, I think might have been playing, or oh, that might have been the, the year after, I don't know, Pesky Salido. And they, they had some money spent and we beat them 1-0 again. So there's there's a ways and means of uh, winning games of football against, you know, if, if you're playing teams who on paper have got a lot better players than you, then you, you might need to play a different way against them. But I would suggest that that season we went up, most of the teams we played, we probably thought we could beat them anyway. <laughs> you know, we, we could beat them on the floor, we could beat them in the air. We could be, So we, we, we had that sort of air of confidence about us, really. Mm. Have you seen much of the cobblers these that recently or do you get to uh, I, I, mean, I, I went the first game of the season against Paul Vale when, when we were 1-0 beyond that no I've not seen a, a lot of them it, it looks like sort of in almost in, in automatic promotion um, you know on, on the sort of edges of it really it would be great because it's a club that I'm really fond of you know I'd, I'd love that it looks like that is that East Stand going to be sorted out <laughs> <don't say> that. <laughs> many other podcasts that it, <laughs> yeah. okay so so, so look, you know, I mean, and I, for me, it's a club that obviously you've uh, you've got the Saints, but I think Northampton Town could could have a, a first a, a championship football club, and I think some of the people who are watching the Saints would would come across and, and watch the Cobblers as well, and I, I think you could sustain a sort of a fifteen thousand crowd in 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 the, in the championship, which would be you know no no less than a Barnsley or a Peterborough or or, or, a, or a Luton or, or, or other clubs that are up there. Uh, do you think you could beat the current team? I know the answer to this, but. <laughs> um, I think it would be. I tell you what, that that's a classic gag, isn't it? Yeah, we, we'd uh, win one nil. I think. <laughs> yeah. Reason being, yeah, we're all, all in our fifties. So. Yeah. <laughs> Times change, don't they? So, look, you know, I, I wouldn't want to go around there, but I, I, I do think that team that season was a, a a team that was very hard to beat and had some good quality in it and, and some good characters, as, as you saw in you know, some of the games. There was a. Wasn't that spell around? I mean, I remember beating Cardiff 4-0. That was brilliant. So I think around New Year's Day, as was the only game on, wasn't it? There was loads of them cancelled because it was snow and frost and all that. But we beat Cardiff 4-0. That sticks in my mind as a as a, as a, a good game. And beat somebody, did we beat somebody 5-1? Was it Chester we beat 5-1 as yeah, well? Chester 5-1, yeah. There was a big run yeah. of Barnet, Cardiff, Chester, Hartlepool. We just didn't Yeah, and, you know, Grayson was on fire on it. That time he was scoring goals left, right and centre. Yeah, it might have been when Matthew Rush was... Yeah, uh, Rush, yeah, he was playing with me. So, yeah, look, you know, it was... Lots of good things, really, to sort of remember about that season. And, uh, yeah, we had some good times. Ian, that was a genuine pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I was saying earlier how I was 12, I think, coming up to 13 at the time of Wembley. So to be talking to you and looking back on the memories now is a, is a special thing. So thank you so much for doing that. And, Neil, thank you as well. Yes, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Ian. Uh, it's like Danny, yeah. absolute pleasure. Thank you. Much appreciated. We'll be back with more from the Class 97 in the coming weeks. Don't forget to book your place at the anniversary event on the 20th of May. Ian will be there. You can book a place for our forum. I think we're going to be hosting, Neil. Are we? Yes. <laughs> with uh, some of the club legends involved. For just, you can book for just a fiver by getting in touch with the club or going by the website. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back again very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.